Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. From the Hilton Hotel in downtown Toronto, welcome to the Empire Club of Canada. For those of you just joining us through either our webcast or our podcast, welcome to the meeting. Before our distinguished speaker is introduced today, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our head table guests. I would ask each, each guest to rise for a brief moment and be seated as your name is called, and I would ask the audience to refrain from applauding until everyone's been introduced. The Honorable Glenn Tebow, Minister of Energy. Mr. James Cognac, Vice President, Corporate Affairs, Environment, Bruce Power. Mr. Chris Benedetti, Principal, Sussex Strategy Group, Inc., and the second Vice President of the Empire Club of Canada. Mr. Ryan Shaw, Client Portfolio Group Lead, Canada East, Clearsoft. Ms. Claire Clermont, President and Chief Executive Officer, Plug-in Drive. Ms. Indy J. Bhutani D'Souza, did I do it? <laughs> Vice President, Regulatory Affairs at Electoral Utilities. Mr. Tim Smitherman, Senior Vice President, Senior Government, Government, Senior Government Affairs Advisor at Enbridge, Director of the Empire Club of Canada. Mr. Jeff Lyash, President and CEO, Ontario Power Generation, OPG. Mr. Daryl Hill, Daryl Hill, Director, Clearso. And my name is Barbara Jessen. I'm the President of Jessen and Company Communications and the President of the Empire Club of Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, your head table. Most of you in this room probably know that the first commercial oil well in North America was not in Texas or Calgary, but right here in Ontario in Lambton County. But for the most part, the history of energy in our province is the story of power generation. From hydro generation to battery cells, steam, combustion and nuclear fission, our methods of generating power have evolved radically in a century, keeping pace with the growth of our cities and their demands on, our, on power in our province. We are now in the midst of the next innovation in the energy sector. Solar panels, wind turbines, and thermal generation are becoming more and more ubiquitous. Through optimization, hydro is becoming more efficient and far less environmentally invasive. Caps and phase-outs on fossil fuels and coal firing legislated provincially are helping to nudge the industry toward these emergent technologies. And for the most part, they are doing so with very little kicking and screaming. In concert with this assortment of power-generating technologies, fundamental challenge has, has been, that has been central ener to energy is that once the all-prevailing concern would have been, can we generate enough energy? The question has now become, can we generate this energy sustainably, reliably, and cleanly? To the credit of our legislators and innovators, we have mostly conquered the problem of volume, despite higher-than-ever demand. And we can now focus on exploring ways to keep the lights on and keeping our ecosystem intact. Through the release of its 2017 long-term energy plan, the Ontario Provincial Government has reaffirmed its commitment to clean, accessible and affordable energy and laid down a roadmap for handling issues of grave importance such as climate change and First Nations impact. We're joined today by the man who is guiding this ambitious plan and helping to realize our commitment to innovation and efficiency. The Honourable Glenn Thibault was appointed Ontario's Minister of Energy in June 2016. As Minister of Energy, Mr. Thibault has focused on ensuring all Ontarians have access to clean, reliable energy. 
Beginning in fall 2016, he has been leading consultations across the province on Ontario's renewed long-term energy plan. He brings considerable expertise on the topic of environmental impact to the role, having served as parliamentary assistant to the Minister of the Environment and Climate Change, focusing on bringing forward the Climate Change Action Plan. Prior to entering provincial life, Mr. Thibault was the Member of Parliament for Sudbury and the Executive Director of the Sudbury United Way. We are very pleased to be joined by our guest today as he dives into the provincial and private partnerships that will take our energy sector into the future. Please join me in welcoming to the Empire Club stage, the Honourable Glenn Thibault. So good afternoon, everyone. Wow. How many speeches have I done that people have come to? Okay, so we'll try that again. Good afternoon, everyone. There we go. Much, much better. Thank you, Barbara, for that uh, uh, kind introduction. Um, first off, I think for those of you that were at the um, LTEP launch, the burning question in your mind is, what are the socks today? Uh, today I'm festive. I have elf socks. I can't lift it up for everyone to see at the back. I'm not that flexible, but trust me, they're elf socks. Um, Aujourd'hui, uh, représenter une étape importante pour moi. Uh, cela fait exactement 18 mois que j'ai été nommé ministre énergie de l'Ontario. Certains jours, j'ai vraiment l'impression que cela fait beaucoup plus longtemps. Today is a milestone for me, as it marks exactly 18 months since I was appointed Ontario's Minister of Energy. Some days it feels much, much longer. Um, what do they say about dog years? It's uh, that there's seven dog years to every one human year. So if you measured my time as energy minister in dog years, today is my 10-year anniversary. <clears throat> yes. I have two dogs back home in Sudbury. Um, one's a chihuahua that we rescued from the streets of Guadalajara, Mexico. The other one's a Yorkie-poo. I have two daughters, don't judge, they're not really dogs. But um, the, the, I don't even know how I'm here, but um, Ella, my chihuahua, as I said, from the streets of Guadalajara, we had to speak Spanish to it for the first few months because it didn't understand English. And all I know in Spanish is uh, cerveza por favor and baños. So fortunately my kids watched Dora, so they were able to talk to the dog a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, um, while sometimes this may feel like a grind, I have to say that I am invigorated um, by the dedicated professionalism of the staff and public servants from across the ministry and the agencies that support our work. And I think over the past year, over the course of the past year, we had OPG. They've commenced the next phase of the Darlington refurbishment project and is currently ahead of schedule and on budget. Congratulations, Jeff. Keep it up. <clears throat> we can't say it often enough that this is the largest clean energy project in Canada, with 96% of the project's budget invested in Ontario's companies. The ISO has launched the Market Reform Working Group, which is leading the way to modernize the foundation of electricity and will be the most significant overhaul since market opening, an effort that is estimated 
to save ratepayers up to $5.2 billion. And the OEB has ramped up the Ontario Electricity Support Program. As we sit here today, over 200,000 low-income Ontarians are receiving vital on-bill financial support. We have more work to do in order to get everyone we can signed up, but we are well on our way. And at the same time, this past year, we worked together to launch Ontario's Fair Hydro Plan, a 25% reduction in Ontario's electricity rates, the single largest measure to help lower bills in our province's history. And we worked collectively, sector partners, agencies, and government, to deliver fairness and choice, the province's 2017 long-term energy plan. And when you think about our shared accomplishments, this, was, this year was really quite remarkable. And it was a year I think we should all be very proud of. But this afternoon at the Legislative Assembly of Ontario, as we prepare for our annual holiday recess, and everyone in this room, well maybe it's just me, is on a countdown to much-deserved vacations, I don't think it's a, a, an opportunity for me to bore you and rehash all of the 2017 accomplishments. J'aimerais parler de ma vision concernant l'avenir du secteur de l'électricité de l'Ontario et de ce que notre gouvernement apprend, être apprend, pour préparer cet avenir. Le plan, Gatinir, l'équité et le choix, lancé il y a environ deux mois, décrit la façon dont nous pensons que le secteur de l'énergie évoluera à court, moyen et long terme. I want to discuss my vision for the future of Ontario's electricity system and what our government is going to do to prepare for that future. Delivering in Fairness and Choice, launched about two months ago, is an important outline for how we see the energy sector unfold in the short, medium, and longer term. But what went unrecognized, or at least unspoken, as part of the public dialogue regarding the 2017 LTEP, is the evolution of our government's thinking about the role of political actors in the administration of the energy system. The 2017 long-term plan is important as much for what it does not say or do. We are not launching any new procurements, and when we look forward to a potential supply gap in the early 2020s as Pickering comes offline, we are keen to hear from experts before we embark on any new capacity contracts. Now, for many in this room, that seems like a no-brainer. But for those of us on the political side, I must admit, we have sometimes micromanaged the sector a bit too much over the course of the past decade, often for valid and important reasons. Coal closure and our transition to a green energy economy were important goals that helped to create the diverse and robust system that we have today. But as some of you have undoubtedly heard me say before, it wasn't the what, but the how, where we lost our way. Which is exactly the kind of micromanagement I'm referring to. With this long-term energy plan, we are turning the page of this style of management and effectively managing the sector at an appropriate altitude. Providing high-level directional leadership while leaving more of the important details about implementation up to the experts at the ISO and the OEB to undertake. I look forward to seeing more of that 
in the implementation plans that are due early in the new year. And I want to uh, thank all of those who are working on giving life to those plans. After concluding the LTEP this fall, you would have expected the folks at the Ministry of Energy to take a bit of a break. Right, Serge? But that's not our style. Um, that's not what this sector needs. There's still plenty of work that needs to be done. And, and while we will not rush to embrace and procure the next big thing, we do need to prepare our electricity market's evolution. Ontario's regulatory and public policy governance structures need to evolve to keep up with this ever-changing marketplace. This is a key foundational element that we need to get right. Through our long-term energy plan, our government signaled our intention to become less prescriptive and allow for leaders at all segments of the value chain to enter the energy market without a heavy-handed regulatory model getting in the way. This means that government will need to take a step back from picking specific technologies, winners and losers, to allow for a more dynamic, outcome-based approach. Technology-specific procurements that stifle competitive tensions and discourage innovation will be replaced by more transparent and competitive market mechanisms. Let me give you an example. Just a few weeks ago, the ISO revealed that in this year's regulation services procurement, the successful contract winners came from two innovative battery storage providers. For me, this underscores that new and innovative technologies can compete and win against traditional and established market participants. And it also means that the era of government directives designed to prop up specific technologies is over. As we turn toward the future, we will focus public policy attention on the important outcomes that we all want to achieve together. Innovations that drive down system costs and carbon emissions, they will be encouraged. That's why we are focused on enabling those well-suited to take on the role of sector innovators to figure out ways to meet these objectives. And that's why I'm pleased to announce that the IESO will be launching an important request for information specific to non-emitting resources with an eye toward filling any future supply gap that may materialize after the closure of Picker Pickering Nuclear in 2024. Driven by the ISO through grassroots collaboration with the non-emitting resource subcommittee, this RFI will be a direct input into the market renewal process. The ISO will outline the need specify criteria for market participants and new entrants to offer any resource product that can help Ontario meet our future capacity requirements without increasing carbon emissions and helping us drive down costs. As the result of the recent regulation services procurement showcase, competition is an important ingredient in Ontario's evolution towards an incremental capacity auction. While this represents one small step for the energy sector towards a level playing field for those looking to supply electricity in Ontario, it's a giant leap for Queen's Park as politicians get out of the way of our system operator and market participants. The outcome of this RFI will directly support the ISO's market renewal work and will undoubtedly lead to an important price discovery that will drive us to our government's goal of reducing total system costs. This RFI is being launched immediately 
and the first stakeholder webinar will be held next week. This approach underscores what the ISO and our government have been saying for over two years, that market renewal must proceed through a made-in-Ontario approach. I'm especially pleased that this undertaking is not the result of government regulation or a minister's letter of direction. Instead, it's the result of the collaboration and the collaborative partnerships that have underpinned the Market Reform Working Group since its launch last year. At the same time, Ontario's distribution sector is also preparing for its own evolution. In fact, many predict a major disruption in the LDC marketplace. In a very real way, the distribution sector may now be at a point which the telecommunication companies occupied in the late 1980s. Technological innovations and customer demands for better services and products are driving a remarkable pace of change. Some of our more innovative local distribution companies have found that they can supply new load growth more economically by using innovative technologies such as distributed energy resources as opposed to a traditional poles and wires approach. These LDCs should not face financial disincentives to this new and less costly approach because of a regulatory model that stuck in the 1980s. So to that end, recognition needs to be paid to the Ontario Energy Board for taking major steps towards updating their systems over the course of the past decade, including the renewed regulatory framework helping to set out a more customized and flexible relationship between the LDCs and the OEB, fixed pricing for residential distribution service, which gives consumers a better signal of cost and value, along with legislative changes over the past three years that have enhanced the OEB's consumer protection powers relating to electricity retailers, winter disconnections, and unit submeter providers. Toutefois, parce que nous cherchons à renouveler euh, nos réseaux pour l'avenir, nous devons aussi admettre qu'un examen fondamental de la Commission de l'énergie de l'Ontario est nécessaire pour orienter et soutenir les innovations technologiques à venir. I should also mention my parliamentary assistant, Nathalie Darousier, is here today, hence me practicing my French. So, Nathalie. <clears throat> so, I'll get my critique afterwards because I think I mispronounced one of those. But, um, <laughs> however, as we seek to renew our systems for the future, we must also acknowledge that a more fundamental and foundational review of the Ontario Energy Board is necessary to help guide and support the technological innovations that are coming. Home electricity storage, more families driving EVs off the lots of car dealerships, distributed energy resources, net metering and transactive energy options are knocking on the electricity system's door. And government and regulatory structures need to ask if we are ready to take on these challenges and harness the opportunities at hand. So to that end, I am pleased to announce that our government has appointed an expert review panel that will be charged with modernization of the Ontario Energy Board. Chaired by Richard Discerny, the OEB modernization panel will spend 2018 consulting with industry, LDCs, innovators and economic regulators 
from other jurisdictions to deliver an action plan for regulatory modernization by about this time next year. With a history in both government and the energy sector, Richard is the right choice to lead this critical task. The scope of the OEB modernization panel will be significant in recognition of the challenges ahead, and government will not presume or attempt to direct the outcomes. In my view, this panel is not a critique of our existing structures or systems, but rather a self-aware assessment that the status quo is changing. This isn't about 2018 or 2020, but rather ensuring that we have a regulatory regime that is dynamic and prepared for the realities of 2025 and 2030. Simply put, a regulatory approach that worked for Ontario Hydro does not leave us equipped to tackle the challenges the future will bring. So now for some of those cynics in the room, I'll point out the obvious. Both the ISO RFI and the important work of the OEB modernization panel will be delivered next winter, early in the next term of the next government. That is by design. This important work cannot and will not be rushed. These initiatives naturally follow from the 2017 LTEP, released not even two months ago. These deliverables will form the foundation along with the ISO's market renewal activity to deliver a complete renewal across our governance structures at the Ministry of Energy and our partner agencies at the ISO and the OEB. And while I believe that an Ontario Liberal government will be re-elected next spring, the two initiatives announced today are too crucial to wait until the government's next mandate. Regardless of who voters mark their ballot for next June, Ontario's electricity sector must prepare for the future changes that we all know are coming. I believe that the evolution of the energy sector will naturally continue, encouraged by the competitive forces. And that, unshackled from technology-specific procurements, our supply mix will continue to evolve to deliver on Canada's low-carbon economy agenda. I believe that consumers will become more central actors in our energy sector, and that's the way it should be. Driven by new technologies and consumer preferences, utilities will need to evolve their relationship with customers to deliver more services rather than a simple commodity. And I believe that each of you will continue to deliver the good ideas and thought leadership required to modernize our energy and electricity sector for the future. L'Ontario est un lieu d'excellence et d'innovation remarquable. Nous nous utilisons réellement le droit d'accepter les ilongés et d'être fiers de nos réalisations. La collaboration des personnes dans cette salle, des acteurs de marché et de partenaires de secteur de l'énergie partout en Ontario a permis de rendre notre réseau de l'électricité plus vert. Ontario is home to such remarkable innovation and excellence. We rarely allow ourselves the occasion to accept praise and take pride in our accomplishments. Working together, the individuals in this room and market participants and the energy sector partners across Ontario cleaned and greened our electricity system. You 
have built an impressive and globally recognized nuclear supply chain that is the envy of the world. Small-scale entrepreneurs, there's my French again, are disrupting, or, or dis disrupting it bit by bit, are established um, regulated monopolies. And we regularly hear from other jurisdictions and sector thought leaders asking us how we have built our success story. So when I was appointed Ontario Minister of Energy just a few 10 dog years ago, I had no idea what I was in store for. But today, I am in awe of what we've all been able to accomplish together over the last little while. But I'm excited for what work yet remains to be done and hopeful for what the future holds for this sector in Ontario. I want to thank the Empire Club for once again having me here today. I want to thank all of you for um, being here this afternoon and for your constant uh, support and work together over the last year. I do wish everyone a happy holiday and a Merry Christmas and a celebration of uh, light. And also tomorrow, speaking of light, all the lightsabers. Last Jedi, please don't tweet because I can't do it tomorrow. I don't want any spoilers. I've got to be able to see it for myself on the big screen. But again, everyone, have yourself a, a great holiday and, and thank you very much. Welcome James Skoniak to thank our speaker. This is going to be a tough thank you to do because I know the networking has started, so I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep it very brief. So, so, Minister, thank you very much for your remarks. I think everybody now is looking forward to a Christmas holiday where they can start drafting your responses to the RFI. So thank you very much for that. The consultants are going wild in the room. You know, um, I want to do a bit of a different, uh, a different thank you uh, at the lunch this afternoon. It's the holiday season. It's Christmas uh, coming up. And, you know, for people like the minister and the parliamentary assistant, you know, in politics and public service, there's no shortage of free advice. And there's no shortage of pundits looking forward to the next election. I want to take this opportunity to recognize all the work of you and your ministry over the, the course of the last year and for your public service. You know, you're, I'm hoping you're going to get some time to spend with your family over the holidays. Not only you and your family make tremendous sacrifices to do what you do, and let's give the minister and the parliamentary assistant uh, a round of applause and thank them for their contribution. The other thing I want to do, and Andrew Telezuski is going to get mad at me, but if all of the minister's staff and all of the staff from the Ministry of Energy and all of the staff from the Independent Electricity System Operator, if you could also please stand up for a round of applause. Come on, don't be shy. I see Serge. I see Peter Gregg. So thank you very much for your public service as well. And, you know, we can have our disagreements on policy from time to time, but you do all important roles, and we thank you for your contribution. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, look forward to another exciting year in 2018. Take care.
At the Empire Club, we pride ourselves in bringing important issues and discussions just like the one we've heard to our podium, and we couldn't do it without our wonderful sponsors, so I want to thank them very sincerely, Bruce Power, Clear Result, and Electro Utilities for making this event possible. We're very, very grateful. I'd like to thank MediaEvents.ca, Canada's online event space, for webcasting today's event for thousands of viewers around the world. Please follow us on Empire underscore Club and visit us at www.empireclub.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Join us for our next event, which will be in 2018, on January the 11th, for our investment outlook at the Royal York Hotel. I want to wish everyone a wonderful festive season, and thank you for your attendance today. This meeting is now adjourned. Thank you.